Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm senior CNN writer Tammy Luby in for our political director, David Chalian. This is CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, April 26th. After an 11th hour effort, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his allies scored a key victory today, successfully pushing their debt ceiling bill through the House. The yeas are 217, the nays are 215, the bill is passed. After a last-minute race to curry favor with key GOP holdouts, Speaker McCarthy's debt ceiling bill successfully made it through the House by a vote of 217 to 215. The bill just made it. McCarthy had only four Republican votes to lose, and that's how many voted against it. Ken Buck, Andy Biggs, Tim Burchett, and Matt Gates. Congresswoman Nancy Mace was a late win for McCarthy, saying shortly before the vote that she had decided to vote to approve it after House Speaker Kevin McCarthy agreed to work with her on separate legislation to balance the budget. To have that conversation with leadership and them understanding that this is a big concern for us. And if you want our support, then you've got to be able to work with us on on budget reform. Um, getting that kind of commitment is a big deal and is important because I want to show America that Republicans can be responsible about spending and budget reform. After days of saying the Limit Save Grow Act was 100 percent final, no more changes, today's vote happened after the speaker caved into demands from some members of his party. And that's because some key GOP holdouts saw certain parts of the wide-ranging package as non-starters. So what are the changes? Well, in a bid to win over Florida Congressman Matt Gates, it would implement work requirements more quickly. You might remember that Gates was an obstacle in McCarthy's quest for the speaker's gavel in January before agreeing to support him. And the changes also take out a proposed repeal of certain tax breaks for biofuels, which had angered some Midwestern members, particularly those from Cornrich, Iowa. A quick refresher. The package raises the nation's debt limit by an additional one and a half trillion dollars, on top of a number of other proposals like blocking Biden's student loan forgiveness plan and fast-tracking new oil drilling projects. It also proposes sparing the Pentagon's budget while making sizable cuts to domestic programs. More on that later. For all this chaos, the bill is largely symbolic in that it's not expected to make it through the Senate and the White House has already threatened to veto it. So what's it all for? Political leverage. This is all intended to bring the White House to the negotiating table by showing Republican unity. Here's what Speaker McCarthy said after the vote. The sad part here is now the Democrats need to do their job. The president can no longer ignore by not negotiating. Senator Schumer, if he thinks he's got a plan, put it on the floor. See if you can pass it and then we can go to conference. But now the president can no longer put this economy in jeopardy. We lifted the debt limit. We've sent it to the Senate. We've done our job, the only body in here that's done theirs. And, of course, Democratic leaders in the White House have something to say about all this. Here's House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries speaking on the House floor leading up to the vote. This reckless Republican effort to lead us down the road of a dangerous default will hurt working families, hurt the middle class, hurt all those Americans who aspire to be part of the middle class, 
hurt young people, hurt seniors, hurt veterans, hurt the poor, the sick, and the afflicted, hurt people in urban America, in rural America, in exurban America, in small town America, in Appalachia, in the heartland of America, hurt the least, the lost, and the left behind. As David has talked about on the podcast, the Democratic line has been that the debt ceiling needs to be raised before any negotiations take place and that any increase should not be conditional on GOP-proposed budget cuts. President Joe Biden again today reiterated that he would meet with House Speaker McCarthy, but not on whether the debt limit gets extended. Take a listen to what Biden's budget chief told CNN this morning. What we see congressional Republicans do is say, hey, we won't default only if we get to cut millions of dollars to programs that help middle class and working families in this country. Uh, We think that's wrong. And we've said from the beginning, default has to be off the table. My colleague David Chalian has talked a lot on this podcast about how much we don't know. So here's what we do know and what's at stake. A debt default would send the U.S. economy and global financial markets into a tailspin. So both sides have repeatedly said that the debt ceiling needs to be raised in order to avoid that catastrophe. The question is, what will Republicans get in exchange? The U.S. hit its debt ceiling in January. And while the White House and GOP negotiate a way to handle it, analysts are trying to figure out when the deadline is before the government is no longer able to pay its bills in full and on time. The deadline for a deal could only be weeks away. Three new reports say that it's getting more likely that the U.S. could default on its debt as soon as early June if Congress doesn't act. Forecasters had originally thought the date might arrive over the summer or early fall. But it turns out that tax receipts are running much weaker than expected this season, which means Treasury's cash pile is dwindling faster than thought. So what do we know about the potential impact of this bill? McCarthy says his legislation would save the government $4.5 trillion over a decade, while the Congressional Budget Office yesterday said that it would reduce budget deficits by $4.8 trillion over that time period. But economically, if it were ever to become law, Moody's analytics say the cuts proposed in the bill would hurt the economy in the near term. It would both stunt economic growth and increase the unemployment rate in 2024. Employment would be near 800,000 jobs lower by the end of next year. There's a human cost to consider as well. Critics of the bill say that it could shrink vital safety net programs by adding work requirements without regard for the millions of people who could be left struggling to put food on the table and address their health care needs. The Congressional Budget Office said that 275,000 folks on average would lose their food stamp benefits each month because they fail to meet the work requirements and are not otherwise exempt. And adding a work mandate would result in about 1.5 million adults on average losing federal funding for their coverage, according to CBO. States would pick up the full tab for about 900,000 of them, but it would still leave around 600,000 uninsured. The timetable should become clearer soon. In coming weeks, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is expected to update Congress on how long the department can continue paying the bills. If that date is in June, it should jumpstart talks between the White House and McCarthy. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.